0: So this week we are going to begin kind of looking towards Christmas, going through an Advent study of sorts, and we are going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verse 10. But before we jump in, the the title for this week is Good News. And, And we're really kind of looking at good news with a question mark on it of, is it good news? What does that mean for this to be the good news? Um... And so what we have to start looking at is the idea of, for Christians in general, most of the time the first question that we all sort of wrestle with is this question of, is it true? Which raises another question of, what is it that we're talking about? Um, And I think a lot of times we as Christians have a tendency to go, well, if if I can prove that the Bible is true, then, I'm, then everything else is okay. But I think we put the cart before the horse sometimes because the reality is, is the Bible did not create Christianity, but it's the other way around. And so we need to look at the crux of all of it, the beginning of Christianity. Um, and so often, even beyond that in our society, what we start to see is the question moves even beyond is it true to the question of is it good? Um, And because we live in a world, if you look uh, uh, of clickbait and Facebook and Instagram and all of these things, where we know that we have to put something that's good out there for in order for people to click and want to lean in and know what we have to say. Um, It's that old adage of, of dangling the carrot to get people to listen type mentality. And so the question becomes, is it good as well? Because if something isn't good, we really kind of hope that it's not true. If you if you see something on, on in the internet or what or a headline and it says something that's not that you don't deem to be good, you kind of hope it's not true. It's the idea of if somebody was to say Instagram or TikTok was a paid app, you would hope that it's not true. It, it, if it said that the world was going to war again, you would hope that it's not true. Um, but if something is good, you, or if you deem it to be good, you lean in and you hope that it is true. If we were to, ta- to cl- turn on our computers or open our newspapers or whatever and see that, we had, that people had found a vaccine for COVID readily available to all persons for free, uh, 100% effective, we would lean in and hope that that was true because it's good. And so this is kind of the effect that things have on us. If, if we deem it to be good, we hope it's true. And if we don't deem it to be good, we hope it's not true. Um, and that's a whole other lesson for a whole other day of how we try to justify things to be true or not true by how they appeal or don't appeal to us instead of seeking the truth of Jesus Christ. But I'm not going to get off on that tangent today. Um, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, where this is where we're going to kind of sit for the next few weeks because it's the angels talking to the shepherds and they appear and they say do not be afraid for see I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people and so we're going to, for the next few weeks we're going to look at the idea of A. good news B. great joy and C. the fact that it's for all people but let's not lose sight of the fact that this is day one Jesus' birth and it is described as good news of great joy for all people Jesus' message that they don't even know yet is good news. It, it brings about good news. And so people in the first century, um, they, they, they were ready to lean in. As a matter of fact, when the when things were first written, it was called the gospel, um, which can be translated to the God spell, which can be translated to the good story, or eon eangelion um, in the Greek, which is the, the good news. Um, So this is good. This is good news for all people, Um, and so the people were ready to lean in, Uh, but I don't know what or when it has happened. But there's a reality now that people are no longer leaning in, but that people are leaning away from the gospel. And they're saying it's not good news. This is not perceived to be good news. And I think the crux is is that we as the church have steered away from the heart of God's gospel and have started to, as we talked about earlier a little bit, um, preach a quote-unquote gospel that we view to be good for us instead of preaching the gospel that is the truth. Um, and so the reality is, is when we hear that the God, that the gospel is the good news for all people, it's not just good news for me or for you, but it's for everyone. And so if you're listening to a gospel or a preacher or going to a church where the gospel seems to promote the wants and needs and agenda of people like you and no one else, and, um, actually puts down other people, then that may not be that I would dare say that is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, but we look at but that I think that's what's caused people to lean away is it's no longer good news we we've manipulated it to be what we want it to be, but uh I digress because to look back, we go to Luke chapter sixteen, verse sixteen. And it says, the law and the prophets were in effect until John came. And so what that's talking about is is the Levitical law. This idea that, and and it's basically saying this was not the good news for all people. Um, This was the good news for the ancient Hebrews who had just come out of slavery and needed this sort of law to live by, a moral and civil and judicial law. It helped them to understand who Yahweh was. But that it did not translate and was not a good law for all people, um, And so since, and it's, and since that time, we, adhere, we hear that the good news of the kingdom of God is proclaimed and everyone tries to enter it by force. And so this is that reflection of now the good news of Jesus Christ has come. And we hear all the time of the crowds following Jesus and how people tried to force their way to get closer to God. And so this is the good news that we are hearing. And we know that it's good news, because let's be honest, in Jesus' time, how many people had their story written? And it wasn't a, a lot of people in the re- and one of the reasons was is because to have your story written um, didn't translate well because a lot of people could not read. And so if you're going to have your story written, you were having it um, done for the people that were educated, for the people that were rich and wealthy to be able to tr- to hear the good news uh, or to hear whatever you're writing. And as the person paying someone, you in turn were able to kind of dictate what your story was going to say. But here we have a, a lowly uh, day laborer having his story written by at least four people um, with no money to pay anybody. And that, to me, that's just amazing. And that just speaks to the to the quality and to the good news that Jesus proclaimed that people felt that it was so good that it needed to be recorded for all time. And then Luke, at the very beginning of Luke, actually, um, one of the people that decided to record the ministry of Jesus Christ, he says, since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us. Many, Luke is saying that it's, uh, I don't know how you translate the word many, but I would dare say that means more than four people have tried to sit down and, and write this orderly account. Why so many people? Why is everybody wanting to document this? Why is everybody wanting to document the life of a dead man who was literally, um, for his societal sta- standing, a nobody from nowhere? It's kind of like when you hear a one hit wonder. He was literally only, his ministry only lasted about three years. And many of our one hit wonders, that's about their, their 15 minutes of fame. But something was significant and good that happened in that time. And so people wanted to record this. Many people wanted to record this. And it goes on to say, Just as they were handed on to us by those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for the most excellent Theophilus. Now, we don't know who Theophilus is. Um, Obviously, Theophilus is the person that hired Luke to do this recording but these but I don't want us to lose sight that Luke is not just writing down what he's heard, what he recounts of happening, um, but he is getting people that were eyewitnesses and servants, people that were present there. He's not just going off of his memory, but he has investigated the truth of Jesus Christ and of what is happening and, and when we hear the why, as to why he's going about doing this, we hear that in verse 4 where he says, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. And so what he's ultimately getting at is he's saying, you've, been, you've heard about this Jesus guy. You've been taught about this Jesus guy. But I wrote this so that you may have certainty for you to hear and read the gospel, the good news for yourself, and so I think this is a challenge for Theophilus, but a challenge for us as well. That the reason it is written down is so that you may read it, you may possess it, you may dig into it, and have certainty for yourself. So, what is this good news? Well, I, to to summarize part of the gospel, um, you know the story in Luke chapter five verses 17 through 26. This is that story where Jesus finds himself sitting in a, or teaching in a home, and as he is teaching, he finds that the roof is being ripped away. All of a sudden, there's a great light shining down, but it's not the, it's not God's light, but it is the light, that, the fact that there's a hole in the roof. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees this man coming down. And I'm sure that he's a little confused, but he just kind of keeps on preaching. And, and, and what happens is as the man comes down, Jesus looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. And this is the good news. Now, granted, this paralyzed man that was, had been lowered by his friends is probably looking at Jesus going, um, I think you missed the point, Jesus. Um, I'm paralyzed. That's not what I need. But the beauty of the coming of Jesus Christ is that that, that forgiveness of sins is announced and able and available for all. That there's no more need for the sacrifice of animals Uh But this is not only good news but the, but it's new news because it, it, it replaces the, the antiquated laws um, and, and and so we hear about this about this man being lowered in and he he say and Jesus goes your sins are forgiven and I'm sure that the guy is looking at him going hey um, that's great uh, but I'm still paralyzed his sins have been forgiven and he didn't even ask for it. And, and we hear that the scribes and the Pharisees are getting mad. And they say things like, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus, knowing this, goes, well, that's true. But only God can make a paralyzed man walk as well. And so what does he do? But he looks up and he says, take up your mat and walk. And the man takes his mat and walks out. And so this is the good news, that Christ has come to forgive sins, to make us whole, to make us be, to make us into the people that we were created to be. And later, we, and next week, we'll look at the fact of the joy that that could bring. But let us not lose sight of the good news that proclaims to us that the best of all is that God is with us through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.